loud all the time, but I was first, I was there first in the building. So they all have to deal with me. the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right. So today my guest is Lee Stone of Crybaby Studios and the Solarium Creative uh, Works, right? Did I get that right? right. right. It's kind of a little, little sloppy there, folks. But Lee, welcome. Thank you for making this happen. Let's get started. Well, Crybaby goes back a while. So let's, mm-hmm. let's start there and we'll work our way to the present. Sure. What got you started? doing this? I mean, why on earth? <laughs> um, well, there was a lot of opportunity in the late nineties for, uh, music was huge. You know, we had a, a big microscope like pointed down on us <laughs> for grunge. And, and so music was really huge. I was in the arts community. Um, my partner at the time, you know, we had some building skills and, could get real estate for a quarter of square foot. And so <laughs> in um, wow. the building. I think it's a quarter square inch. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I uh, we're on 11th and Pike, between Pike okay. and Pine, and I've been there since 1999. Um, very unconventional start. I threw illegal after-hour parties to raise capital to build walls and uh, did all that myself with some awesome, dedicated people who wanted to, you know, make some money and build studios and did it, built it up over a couple of years, uh, actually about five years. Um, we had like two phases to get it to where we're at, which is it's roughly 13,500 square feet and around 52 studios of month, wow. month to month leased, um, practice spaces. And they're 24 hour access and loud all the time, but I was first, I was there first in the building. So they all have to deal with me. (laughs) Right. It's like, if they move in and complain about the noisy neighbor, you're like, I was here first. I have a question out of, I have Mm -hmm. a question out of this. So you've been doing this since 1999. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can answer this question because you probably never thought of this question. Maybe you have, I don't know. This is the, I warned you about this. What day of the week is the busiest at the studio? Ah, it's, and what time is the studio busy? Because ah. I have preconceived notions. Yeah. And I. Well, you know, when people were gigging and out at shows, sometimes it'd be two to six in the morning that it would be the loudest. You know, people load in after shows and um, it's definitely changed over time. But Thursdays towards the end of the weeks, uh, definitely. 7 p.m. on sometimes late night. Daytime's pretty quiet. Right. That's kind of what I suspected. Yeah. Both because we have day jobs and or if we're playing late at night, we're sleeping during the day. That's that was my pre- yep. preconceived notion. Okay. Sorry. That's Back fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. So you have 50 studios or so in this building. Mm-hmm. And are these just practice places or are they rec- or they're not recording studios as well? Are they per se? Uh, no, uh, yeah, oh, definitely people record. There's okay. definitely people record. There are some uh, piano guts in the back of the studio. 
that have been on probably 10 albums that people go back there and plunk around on and just, you know, get samples. And, uh, it's, that's fun. That's a fun little piece of history that will just be out in the ethers, but they're primarily rehearsal studios. You know, there's double walls between studios to tamp some of the noise down, but, um, it gets rather loud down there at some point. The loudest Has there ever been, yeah, the loudest, ahead, yeah, the loudest band I ever had was, um, Helmsley. I'm not familiar with that name. So Where they're they, they, local. Uh-huh. And, and they like to be loud. Yeah. Yeah. They're on Sergeant house records. They're, they're, they're pretty established band. Um, one of the band members, uh, he makes amps, Ben Varellen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had, so it's the, not just, a- yeah. It's a, it's a lab to test the equipment then to see, <laughs> can it, can it go up to 11 to, you know, the old, yeah, yes, all right. yes. So how big are the studios? I mean, pretty small, you know, like 10 by 10 is about the smallest. And then, um, my biggest studio, I did have a recording studio down there that I ran for about, uh, yeah. let's, 2014 to 2019. Um, okay. no, it wasn't. No, it was before that. It was 2010 to 2016. Yeah, 2010 to 2016. Um, And it was kind of set off from the other studios and built out with double walls. And and, um, I put out a couple of compilation from local bands. But I I was making music then, too. So it was really my recording studio. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. And uh, but for the most part, it's it's rehearsal. Okay. Well, you, you said you were making it for you, for your music. What, what, how would you describe your music? Or, uh, shoegazy rock. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Samples, some, some electronics. Okay. I play and guitar. Are you still recording? Are you still playing now? I mean, are you, are you just, you're moving on to these other, other yeah. endeavors, if you will? Okay. Um, I, you know, in my living room. Okay. Well, it's a, it's amazing the technology that we, we have now versus, you know, even 10 years ago. I mean, uh-huh. you can record something on your, your iPad if you want. Use oh, yeah. Garage band. You know, it's just, it's crazy. So, all right. Well, what else about Crybaby? I mean, the name, how did you come up with the name? Uh, I had young children at the time. So I just okay. had babies. And then there's a wah pedal called the Crybaby pedal. And um, okay. so I thought that would sort of serve as a good name for a music studio and it confuses people. <laughs> well, I, I'll be honest with you. I would have guessed Johnny Depp. So it would have been named it after the movie. I don't know if that movie came out in that period of time or not, but that's where my brain went with the name. People, people think I'm a photography studio for children. Sometimes. Are you kidding me? No. And there's a, with new- your logo. <laughs> well, I, I just don't think, they, I just think people go off the name and then reach out sometimes. <laughs> but I like it. I like it. Cry baby. You know, it's, it's been, I've heard it on NPR. I've, it's been, it's been around. The name has gotten around the world. That's very cool. Yeah. So, so speaking of getting around the world after night, you know, since many years of doing this, mm-hmm. you must have some interesting stories about <clears throat> some of the characters that have graced the halls of Crybaby studios. <laughs> well, there are some characters. I mean, uh, sure. It's, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's debaucherous at times for sure. There's, 
you know, it's it's mostly beer cans and and weed wafting through the halls and as it should be, as it should be. It's underground. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like a mole person. You come out sometimes and you're like, oh, it's the sun. Um, it's, it burns. It burns. You, you lose track of time down there for sure. Uh, I've, I've, I've had one tenant for on a month to month lease. Um, Eric, he plays the tuba and uh, and and guitars and stuff and has a rock band. But he practices and is always learning new TV themes on his tuba. And that's pretty great. <laughs> He's been down there. He's been down there for like 19 years on a month to month lease. Really? Is that the longest? Ten, ten oh, yeah. Years? Yeah. 19 and years. Eric and Sunshine. Bless them. Love them. That's awesome. He's learning TV theme songs on the tuba. <laughs> What's your favorite that you've heard him play? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, question because, you know, musicians, you know, Equipment's heavy, bulky. It's, you know, mm. unless you play the harmonica or you're a singer, how are they getting the stuff in and out of there? If it's below, I mean, is there a loading dock or is it, are uh, we schlepping the stuff up and downstairs? I love this question because that's, yeah, it's uh, up and down some stairs and a lot of stairs. So yeah, there's 12 foot ceilings down in the basement there. So it's an old um, automotive building. It's in the okay. automotive row up on Capitol Hill. And, uh, it's um <laughs> you're schlepping it up and down some yeah some big amps so one of the things you could do this will now turn it into a business consulting episode mm, great perhaps you should also charge extra as a gymnasium and they're working out well that's what i say i said it gets your your blood pumping before you have to go you know do a show but i can't there's a gym upstairs which is funny that you mentioned that so maybe in the last five years a gym moved in and they're dropping weights on the ground all the time and my tenants started coming to me and were like oh, complaining and i was like guys do you know what they have to listen they have to listen to you learn how to play drops <laughs> like they're just dropping shit on the floor <laughs> but eric's over here learning the theme to hawaii 501 is too <laughs> give him a break <laughs> like all day long <laughs> oh my god what other what other interesting stories i mean I would have never guessed the TV tuba guy. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've had some tragic stories of, of just people, you know, cause musicians and, and artists and, and I really look at crybaby as a mental health, a place for mental health and, you know, and an outlet and a, and a resource for um, creatives in my, my city and in my community. And um, maybe that wasn't the, the story you were looking for, but, yeah, oh, that's a great story. A lot of sad stories come through there. You know, I've lost some tenants to and had to meet with their families and and get their gear back to them. And you know, it's and so um, I really know that it affects artists. You know, sort of depression and and without this kind of outlet, we need that. I would say, I mean, I having a recording studio for. A, a stretch down there. That was a lot of fun. Shot some, mm -hmm. shot some movies down there. Um, shot, uh, fat kid rules the world, which was a fun sort of like punk rock saved this teenager from, you know, <laughs> that, that horrible teenage life. And, uh, it was a Matthew Lillard movie and, okay. and 
that was kind of fun to have, you know, a big film crew down there and very different though than music, you know, music you're schlepping and doing it all on your own. Like a film crew is like somebody was standing there holding the fluorescent bulb. And I was like, Whoa, I was like, that's your, that's your job. <laughs> that's your <today."> job. <laughs> I went to film school for this. <laughs> I got student loans. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh. Right. Who might be the most mainstream, I guess, main, main, mainstream notable name that might've spent mm-hmm. some time there through the years. Are there, you know, who uh, might right. the general public recommend, recognize? Probably just um, car seat headrest. They're, okay. they're a huge indie band and they were down for down there for a very long time. Really great guys. Uh, just actually from the pandemic, they just kind of decided to give it up for a while because it was, everybody was dispersing and, you know, not really utilizing the space. And, um, but there have been other big, like black metal, a lot of black metal, a lot of drone, like, you know, uh, like I said, Hamza Lee, they're pretty, they're pretty notable. And, um, black breath, black breath, you know, RIP Elron, Elijah, the sad stories, but they were down there for a really long time. They were pretty huge. I mean, you know, they'd open like at Ozfest. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, what's really neat though, is the, I think nostalgia that people have for Seattle and that people are still moving to this town for music and they reach out to me and they share their uh, stories about what they think of Seattle as and, and music really defines uh, at least the people that call me a lot of that. (laughs) Seattle. I mean, Seattle definitely has a, in my mind, a, I don't know what the right word. I have a word. I'm thinking of a word and it's, you know, I associate Seattle with, with a certain style of music. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say grunge, you know, I kind of associate it with that. Right. Girl. Yeah. And that's not necessarily accurate. There's a lot. there's a, a massive spectrum of, of artists in Seattle area. I mean, so, but I kind of also get the, I kind of also am getting this, mental picture that you're describing is this kid's getting off the, the Greyhound bus from Topeka, Kansas with his guitar on his back because this is the Mecca that he thinks will make his career. Yes. You know? And so then they end up at your doorstep mm-hmm. looking for a place to crash maybe, or a band to join. And, mm-hmm. and there we go. Mm-hmm. So kind of like Hollywood would be for aspiring actors or actors. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, when I, and I, uh, I had a, a dad brought his son down when I had a recording studio and he recorded all Nirvana covers. Okay. That was lovely. He was, I mean, that was the best thing, best gift on the, in the world that his dad gave him, you know, brought him to Seattle from, you know, the outskirts of, of Seattle. And, and it was, it was the authentic, you know, underground you know, rock and roll lair. Okay. We call it the shreditorium. The shreditorium. <laughs> I like that. So I got a question. This is once again, rabbit hole down parking on Capitol Hill up there sucks. Sure. But you know what? People, <laughs> people also live on Capitol Hill. Oh yeah, I guess so. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the beauty of a, of a rehearsal studio is it's like rent for your gear and your band or like an apartment for your gear and your band. And you get to split it. However many people are in your band. 
Right. And so it does still, you know, make it accessible to, to do these things, but we're losing spaces like Crybaby, And that is, that is really what my goal has been in this, in Solarium Creative Works, which is my new nonprofit to try and um, preserve spaces like Crybaby. I don't own the building. So, you know, I'm at the mercy of my landlord. Is it, has it been the same landlord this yeah. entire time? And, and he's really great. Uh, he's, and especially through this pandemic, he's, he's owns several properties in Seattle and actually likes to um, have queer and art creative spaces in his buildings. So, you know, he's kind of a rare landlord right. where he will uh, accommodate places like crybaby because it's, you know, it's, it's a different type of tenant. <laughs> right. Right. No, and I just, uh, trying to think back in the day, one of my friends practiced somewhere over on Harbor Island, mm-hmm. you know, on the, on the middle of nowhere. Ah! Oh, Hey, we have a new guest. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good. Oh, I love it. I, you know, they, I remember going over to Harbor Island. This is in the late eighties. And, you know, it was like, yeah, it was kind of like they could play all night. Nobody complained, you know, so, you know. Yeah. but they were, I think Capitol Hill would have been easier. <laughs> if you had been there a decade earlier, they probably would have been practicing in, in Crybaby. Yeah. So let's, let's talk, let's talk about the, um, the solarium. Let's, let's, let's grind the gears. We won't even shift smoothly. Let's just grind it. Let's, let's talk. Okay. Yeah. Solarium creative works is, um, a nonprofit that I've been working on with a board of directors that are um, all musician, music people involved in the community that have brought together to, we sponsor a residency program at Crybaby Studios where we offer uh, band or artists uh, three months access or 24 hour access to a studio to do whatever they need to do to create rent free. And, um, you know, that is a huge relief for an artist that they can come in and save, let's say over three months, $1,500 that they wouldn't have otherwise had access to a space to make music because, you know, you can't do that in apartments. You can't have a place to gather. You can't have a place to collaborate with people. Um, I know that it has given sort of a lot of times musicians rely on one another. So this grant also gives autonomy to musicians that are trying to get something off the ground that they're trying to create and start that they maybe didn't have the resources to start before. And Mm -hmm. we do it through an application process and um, we've been doing it through since 2018 and on the website, solariumcreative.works, you can review all the artists. There's been 15 bands and artists and, that have uh, benefited from this, that you can go check out their work. Go check out their work. There's albums have been completed, recorded, because like you mentioned earlier, a lot of people do have access to GarageBand and can come in. It's it's really what's lacking is the space and a place to do it. Right. I'm actually on the website right now where, where you have all of the recipients. Mm-hmm. There's a photograph there. Is is that the, the space or is that just a representative space? That is the space. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty cool space. That used to be the live, that yeah. used to be the live room in the, um, 
in the recording studio. And so okay. that it's one of these three studios that were part of the recording. I kind of move it around as, as we're developing and changing what I hope to do with um, the solarium is to grow it and get enough community support through donations that we can offer it to more bands and more artists. So we can uh, maybe have, instead of four per year, maybe we can have eight per year. And uh, we're launching a fundraiser June 1st that will be stream Mm -hmm. streaming on the website that has um, it's a really cool show. We shot it in that room the other day and I made all these vignettes and, uh, we did it in VR in 360, which you can view just on YouTube. But what what you do is you can take the mouse and you can uh, scroll around while the performance is happening. And it's like you're in the room with them. It's a much more intimate experience than just a 2D facing your YouTube, you know, front shot or edited video. And it's just a it's just a sort of an innovative way to have a new sort of interactive streaming show. So what technology, what were you using to make that happen? I mean, how does one. Three, so uh, my friend and longtime tenant, Colin, who is, um, he goes by Daisy Heroin for his visual art, but he's also in a band called Haunted Horses, which are pretty tight. And they, they right. did a VR show in their studio at Crybaby and you can check it out. I'll, I'll send you a link. Um, it's. Okay. Can we post that below for the show notes? Can we? Sure. Can we? Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, so right. you can see another studio in Crybaby. I mean, it's, you know, it's like dark dungeon style and <laughs> really loud. They're really, really shreddy. It's, uh, um, but he has the cameras, he has the technology. And so he's, he's okay. been working on that. And I said, Hey, let's collaborate. Let's do this. And, and I just want to point out that that's, that's another piece of, um, creative spaces like Crybaby that are so important is the, the space to collaborate, to find organic, you know, um, creation spontaneous creation by you're walking down the hall. Uh, Alia, who's on the board, she always likes to, she, she likes to mention how she got her first show um, in Trace Leches is her band. And mm-hmm. she, um, saw Fiona who's also on the board in the hall and Fiona was like, Hey, do you want to open for my band? And then that she got her first show that way. You know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the connections. It's the community that is. Is there like a a common area down there that, you know, uh, like. There used to be a smoking room. Uh, I had, I just, (laughs) I was like the last smoking business in Seattle. Uh, oh my gosh. I know it was crazy. Um, so there used to be a smoking lounge and heck yeah, people would just you know, kick it in there and, and hang out and get cancer. And it was great. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't laugh at the way you no, said I that know, was, it, it was, it was very, it was very, um, I'm really glad it's gone, <laughs> but that was the only common area. Now it's the halls. It's the, it's the sidewalk out front. It's, um, Mm -hmm. it's shows when we used to be able to have them, but common areas. No, not really. Yeah. The halls. Sure. The halls. Okay. (laughs) So this, this upcoming event in June. Yes. But let's go ahead and elaborate on that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Uh, sure. Yeah. We're aiming to we're aiming to raise ten thousand dollars, and donations will be accepted on the website solariumcreative.works. It is uh, the only place you'll be able to stream the show, and uh, it's who's performing our Moon Palace, and they were recipients and res- residents at Crybaby in 2019, and um, huh? Matt Badger. Who happened to record his? He's he's a drummer. He's a local drummer, but then also he's a guitarist and songwriter, and he's amazing. He's played in so many projects. He played in my band. Um, he's really talented, and uh, he recorded his album at the studio at Crybaby five years ago and just released it. So he's okay. He's uh, did a two piece like broken down set. Um, and then Bijou, it's like a disco, a, a disco duo. And okay. uh, they're also tenants at Crybaby. But these three bands you can stream sort of at your leisure. I, I'm, I'm hoping to leave the, the stream up for a month so you can go when it's convenient for you. And uh, I just, I also wanted to, you know, support these artists that have been put out of work and, and left behind a bit in this pandemic and in this economy. And uh, I don't know how quickly it's going to recover. I do know that we've got a lot of amazing programs in our state to, um, mm-hmm. to help bring venues back. And I just, I, I want to encourage everybody to go support these places and these artists when, when we're able to, again, I know everybody's really itching for it. So it's not a hard ask. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's a hard ask at all. So a question I always love to ask, you know, in, on these episodes is two part question. Mm-hmm. Well, as a performer, mm-hmm. where was the coolest place in Washington you played? And as a audience participant, mm-hmm. where's the coolest venue you've seen a performance at? Okay. Uh, well, you know, I really loved the old Comet. I got to say, okay. like, that is, I love, I played there many times. And, you know, I would get shocked by the mic. I cracked a tooth on the mic there. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like, that's kind of, I really, I really love, I really loved the old Comet. It's not the same. So me personally playing, I think those were some really fun memories. Black Lodge which is a DIY venue. It's um, off of I-5. It's sort of an underground venue, but um, really supported by the community and, and really incredible for touring bands. They put up touring bands and uh, it's all ages. We don't have enough all ages in this city. So Black Lodge. Seattle. Yes. Yeah, I don't think Seattle's really ever had a, a, a underage scene for anybody. No, we've struggled with it. And I know there's been a lot of really good people advocating for it, but it just doesn't, you know, like uh, 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 there was, I mean, back in the day, I mean, there's Vera Project, Vera Project. We, I work with Vera Project pretty closely. I, um, I support them with donations and um, gear. I gave them like at the beginning of the pan- pandemic, I had a couple keyboards I wasn't using. I was like, here, take them, put them in your library. And uh, they're a really great organization. So Vera Project, um, as far as one of my favorite shows I've ever been to was uh, 
let's see. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. The triple door is really beautiful to, uh, uh, you know, shows to go to Showbox. Mm-hmm. Showbox is great. Right. Which one? Oh, you mean the real one, right? I don't even acknowledge. <laughs> okay, <this> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my, I mean, those are some more formal shows venues, but Showbox is great. Yeah. Okay. At the market. Right. What was the last show you saw at the Showbox? Oh man. Um, it's been a while. I know. I can remember the last one I went to. Why is so it? It's, Why is I, it? I, I, I went and saw, um, X and squeeze, Sweet. which was a very strange combination. Yeah. It was a very weird combo, but it was kind of cool. You know who I saw um, and you might be into this is that it was just such a memorable show. I saw red cross. Do you remember red cross? Really? I do vaguely, okay. but I, there's something rattling around in my I brain. Suey of all places. I chop suey. Yeah. Okay. That's a fun place to play actually. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm bad at favorite questions because. Okay. <laughs> so do you, are you starting to see at the time we're recording this in May of 2021, are you starting to see, are things pushing up from the ground now? Are we seeing a rebirth of, of the arts in Seattle? I mean, are the venues starting to mm. op- open up slightly? Do we have hope? We have hope. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and I, I mean, as far as any like advertised shows, I'm starting to see some for September. Okay. Yeah. I got an email the other day for September. Yeah. That's, you know, it's going to happen quickly. And I I really just hope the, the social anxiety is any worse than it was before because Seattle has a sort of a reputation for our social behavior. Oh, it's not so. <laughs> I yeah, I I just really hope people can um, feel confident, and I do. I'm I'm out there. I mean, I know I'm I'm on the you know I'm not immunocompromised or anything, so I I'm lucky in that respect. So, but and I'm fully vaccinated. Yay! Good job. Good job. So, what else do you hope Solarium Creative Works will? evolve. Great. Thank you for asking that. I hope it, it, well, it's there to promote the need that exists for maintaining creative spaces in the urban cores of cities, because it's been known for a long time that artists are, are being pushed to the outskirts and, you know, due to affordability and gentrification. And I really hope that I can, be that voice that can share all the added value and benefit that spaces like Crybaby bring to a city. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's where all the gig, you know, all the service industry workers that have, you know, restaurant jobs be- so they can go two or four months out of the year in, and they're there for, you know, us to have a good time to go out to a dinner and a show. And, and that if they have to live in Kent, and come to the city. It's just not, that's not feasible. That's not, that's not very sustainable. So what I hope Solarium does in the big picture, I would love to develop more crybaby studios. 
I would love to occupy okay. 20,000 square feet somewhere else in the middle of the city to maintain and sustain communities like Crybaby. That's the big goal. And we're starting out small. We're starting out with okay. residencies that um, for four slots last year or 2019, I had 75 applications for people that were just chomping at the bit to get into Crybaby to do this. Wow. Wow. And you, your goal is to hopefully to double it now so you can offer maybe okay. eight a year instead of the, the quarterly four. One. Yeah. That'd be great. That's still, but still yeah. turning away a lot of people. Yeah. But you know, if it's, um, if, if it shows the need and can promote the idea that we need to develop more spaces that uh, mm-hmm. are, are light that are, that are available and, you know, and it doesn't, that doesn't mean it has to be developed new spaces for free for people just so they're there and they're preserved and they're long-term and they're not turned over in, in the real estate market that we exist in. And that it, they're, and then they're, maybe they're, um, they're run by and uh, promoted with community in mind and not, you know, easy rent for a landlord. Okay. All right. Because music musicians aren't going to stop, you know, they're not. I certainly hope not. <laughs> I, I know, but I, that would be devastating yeah. if you did. Let's, let's shift. Uh, so when you're not mm-hmm. running Crybaby, what do you do for fun and relaxation? Oh, uh, I go up into the mountains and hike around with my dogs. I make art. I'm a ceramicist. And okay. I, um, I, hmm. yeah, those are two things that I do. Okay. All right. Where do you like, where's a good hike for you? What's a, what's a, what's a hike out there that you're like, Oh, I look forward Barclay to being Lake. able to go do this one. Barclay Gorgeous. Lake. Okay. Pretty, e- pretty easy hike. You get up yeah. in there. It's just Good. stunning in the Cascades. Yeah. Up, ah. up a highway too. Highway too. A lot of fun. I, I, I'm a big fan of Twisp out there. On highway too. I like yeah. Twisp. Yeah. Have you been to Twisp at all? I, I just think the art, the art scene yeah. there in Twisp is really great. And, um, it's kind of a fun place. Um, and also this will segue. One of my favorite coffee places is in twist, but okay. I like blue star coffee. I am. Are you a coffee fan? I, yes. Okay. Where's a great place in Seattle to get a cup of coffee? Petty Rosso. I have not heard of that one. So elaborate. Why? Petty Rosso. It's, uh, it's a really sweet story. The, the, the sisters that own it. Okay. They uh, worked there when they were young, like in their late teens, maybe early 20s. And um, they were going to redevelop it and they ended up buying it from the woman. And they they have three restaurants. And uh, so it's a restaurant and coffee shop, but they do all their pastries in house and delicious. And um, it's a lovely place. And if you're drinking coffee, what do you, what was the coffee beverage of <laughs> uh, choice for you? Double tall Americanos. All right. That's acceptable. <laughs> little boring. Uh, <laughs> little boring. Huh? 
No, it's not. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a black coffee drinker. That's that's my go my go to. Americanos are fine. I was online the other day and somebody was posting this. Um, I guess some Starbucks barista got in trouble because they took a photograph of somebody's beverage and it was you know twelve items long and and, and, and it was kind of ridiculous to me. It was ridiculous because it it was like really what are you drinking here? It's just, why don't you just dump everything into the, into the cup and hand it to you? So I'm kind of more of a purist. You know, coffee. <laughs> well, I don't want to say purist, but you know, yeah, I'm a boring yeah. coffee drinker too. So uh, there's nothing wrong with a, a double tall Americano at all. Every it's, once in a while, I will branch out and get a um, vanilla latte. Oh my gosh. I know. It's crazy. It. Maybe twice a year. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> What else is okay? So, what else in your world in Seattle should we talk about for a second? What else around in the orbit that is Crybaby and Solarium? What else rotates around your world that people might like to hear about? I knew you weren't prepared for that question, so sorry. Yes, I mean it's kind of interesting. You know, I'm I'm really uh, involved, and in, I was on the Small Business Advisory Council and under Mayor Durkin for like three years, and and watching the inner workings of city hall is frustrating and interesting. <laughs> so I, I, I do, I do try and stay as involved um, in, you know, voting rights and, and, and uh, being involved in your immediate community. I think that uh, it's really important. So What's going on in my block? I, I really, I, I take note and I participate in and I try to show up. And I was telling you briefly last year in uh, June, I was occupied at Crybaby under Chop Chaz. So that was an experience of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, when you say you were occupied... Did they actually take oh, no. control of the outside, space or outside. were you just blocked from the oh, space? Oh, I was not blocked. Oh, no. Okay. Nobody was going to okay. block me from my space. <laughs> you know, and and okay. honestly, okay. you know, that's that was the um, sort of the the idea is it was a free autonomous zone where that anybody's free to come and go. There was, you know, a lot of there was a lot of butting heads, a lot of me moving barricades every morning and night. And it was like. Been okay. here for 20 years you're not gonna have this can you get your car off the sidewalk maybe it's <laughs> a lot of that so i but you know i it was okay. it was a huge educational experience for me i was also on the block when wto mm-hmm. happened i lived in that building okay. so i've been around burning dumpsters for my whole life in seattle i may have burned a couple myself there <laughs> I mean, pushed one. I mean, pushed one. Yeah. Right, right. So are you are you yeah. a native Seattleite? Yeah. Well, I grew up in Renton. I'm from Renton and moved to Seattle when I was 17. Okay. So yeah. adult life you spent. Yeah. So. Yeah. So far. Okay. And it's changed so drastically. Know? It's crazy. I sometimes don't even know where I'm at when I'm driving around downtown. I live in West Seattle. So, you know, I'm mm-hmm. out. Not right in the middle of it. Well, and now with West Seattle, you have to drive through 
you know, I think Tacoma to get back. Well, to I'm Seattle like White Center, so everybody has to drive through my neighborhood to get back to their house. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, things have gotten just yeah. crazy busy through there then. Yeah, that's anyway. I used to live over in West Seattle, right by the, the uh, ferry yeah. landing. Um, many, many, many years ago, long, long time ago, back when the ferries were paddled. <laughs> not, no, no, just kidding. Um, I have a lot of hope. I have West a lot Seattle of hope for Seattle. Never... I have a lot of hope for Seattle. Sorry, oh, I didn't cut you off. I just, I okay. really, I know it's there's so many articles. I really, I do not like the Seattle Times paper. I don't like how they report. I feel it's it really it panders to corporate entities and and i just but i see the i see the headlines still and i um it's when you when you really drill a narrative some things come to come through right but i have hope that people will start occupying downtown again and you know there's always going to be turnover there's always going to be renewal and now we have a really you know hopeful chance for for some real renewal and maybe we'll do it a little better than just having all these outside interests come in and redesign everything. Have you ever thought about opening up a, a, a performance oh, space? Oh yes, I did. And it didn't land. Yeah. I had a business partner that was a nightmare. It actually became the Jupiter though, the Jupiter bar down on second Avenue, which Okay. Frankly, I'm glad it didn't happen now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that isn't there my blessings. Yeah, but well, I just think I think it's awesome that you've you've done for over 20 years. You've you've played a, a role in helping musicians hone their craft, and knowing that my friends that are musicians and how hard they work and how little financial success they might receive, you know, not that it's about, you know, I'm not saying it's, that's the only way you should be measured. That's not, but let's face it. If they can't afford to buy guitar strings or pay their studio space, you know, it's disheartening. So the fact that you're, you're there, you're able to offer an affordable space to bands to practice their craft and, you know, get started and, and see where they want to go. I think it's great. And I agree with you. I think communities need more spaces. I think it shouldn't be, so hard to find a, a, a space to have your equipment, store your equipment. So you're not schlepping it mm-hmm. every day. I, I, so I commend you for, for that. And um, if people want to hear more about you, where, uh, where should they studios.com. Go? I have a website, you know, it's pretty simple. It, it really, I try to produce one or two shows a year somehow, like in 2017, down at Timber Room, um, which is like at the base of Capitol Hill, I did a monthly residency there where I'd show or I threw, uh, I'd organize all locals bills. And that was really fun. A lot of work. Mm-hmm. Show promoters, it is so much work. Really, it's it's so much work. No. And I I you know, props to them because they they're they're giving, you know, the next, next level of outlet for, for everybody, but you know, the patrons and I can't imagine, I just cannot imagine so many events in my life without like that soundtrack. Right. Right. One last question. Who are you currently listening to? Not right this second, but 
what music who, who are you currently who's who's on the the playlist for hmm. you right now let's see um saint saint vincent okay uh okay they have a new she has a new album out called daddy i think and uh love saint vincent um that was was that was the one of my favorite shows i was going to say and it was at the 5th avenue theater it was david Byrne and saint vincent oh, wow. and they collaborated and it was insanely good insanely good you got yeah you got to see david it it was so cool and if you've never been to the fifth avenue theater that's it's gorgeous it was really interesting really cool never been inside never been inside but i'm hung up on you got to see david byrne so there's the there's the difference in age i'm like you got to see david uh, byrne let's see who else um 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 i mean i'm a huge fan of like chelsea wolf heavy okay who do I got on here? There's a, there's a new um, hip hop artist, Dunya. Not new, not that new. I found her a while ago, but I really love her music. It's D-O-U-N-I-A. Kind of an independent okay. rising star. I listen to okay. all sorts of music. I'm, I'm looking at my, my Spotify right, right now. What have what I? <laughs> well, that's what every, that's, I'm going to start asking this question of everybody now, because this is actually kind of fun as we all grab grab our phones and then go, I am right, right. doing what, you know, 4AD, that label mostly like all their, okay. 4AD. I, I do not you know. know. I mean, that's an old label. That's a like, old, like new order okay. age label. It's so funny because you, what you listen to radically different than what I'm listening to, which is wonderful because now I'll probably go listen to a couple of them and I'll mm-hmm. find something there. I like, right. So it's always kind of fun listening? to, to expand the universe just a little bit, you know, force myself out of my little, well, narrow genre of music. What are you listening to? So that's a good question. <sighs> now I'm going to look at my phone for those of you that don't see video. No, just kidding. I, okay, I gotta um, add one more onto my list. Perfume Genius. Perfume Genius. Okay. I'm obsessed. Perfume Genius. Local Northwest okay. artist. So, huh. So, um, I tend to list, Spotify does this Discover Weekly thing, thinking based on what they think I might like, and they're, they're not doing it for me this week. But um, the Del Fuegos, the Roger Fox Big Band, Adrian Ballou okay. Adventures. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why the AI thinks that so that's what I, I want to hear this week. I got to say, so, so um, I have this weird algorithm thing that my phone likes to play Fad Gadget. Do you know Fad Gadget? They're from the 80s. Okay. <laughs> I don't. And every time my phone connects to my car, it plays Fad Gadget. And I've decided that it's just completely ruined all my algorithms. <laughs> Even though I love it. Yeah, I'm looking here. So, so like, okay, the Water Boys, okay. Meat Puppets, Love it. and Buddy Holly. <laughs> okay, so that's that's mine. So, anybody that's listening, share your what Spotify is making you listen to these days. That'd be kind of fun to see. I, I kind of like the whole Spotify. I just hope that the musicians are getting paid. They're not. Like, they're supposed to be getting paid. 
And, and that's what I've been told by, I, but I still am naive and hold out. I held out that, a long time um, to not use that Spotify they are. and then I just gave in and, and it's really improved my life. <laughs> so, and you know what? I've discovered so many artists. Um, and I want to plug one other artist that is my favorite family Please. band from Seattle. They are no longer performing, but they just put an album out that they released two years ago and they're called The Tempers. There's a few bands under that name, but look for the Seattle band, but The Tempers. It is very Kate Bush, Nina Hagen meets um, Brian Ferry realness. And I love it more than anything. <laughs> okay. There we go. Well, I want to thank you for making this happen because we threw this together around our schedules and I'm looking forward to watching the, uh, the live stream or the streaming of the VR thing. Cause I'm kind of, I'm intrigued by how you guys did this. And, and you do think this will be something you might try to do, Uh, you know? So, so because I I just got to say, this is what I mean about spaces like this and opportunity. Um, Colin, who had the 360 camera, who was just itching to do something. We came in, collaborated, did this show one-off. And because of COVID, I had to take a year gap in the residency. So I decided that this the room is going to be empty for six months because um, I had to bump two mm-hmm. of the quarters from last year to this year. So the first half of the year is occupied from last year's bump. And then, so the second half of the year, it's empty mm-hmm. and I, and he is going to put together a whole 360 series in that room and bring in a bunch of gritty punk bands to do these three, six, like a 360 show. And, um, that will be on mm-hmm. some platform, probably YouTube or something. You can also watch them in headsets, like in an Oculus headset. And it's so cool. It's just, I'm, I love it. I love it. But you don't have to. You can also watch it on your computer and it still has an effect of uh, you're interacting, you're in the room and it's intimate. Those those VR headsets are frightening to me. They're, well, my kid has one, right? And I, I tried it out and it's... It's amazing that you you know you're standing. You know you I'm in this room. I know I'm standing. I my brain knows all this, but my brain is like, oh no, you're not going to do that anymore. It's it's amazing how we can uh, trick ourselves. So yeah. So all right. Well, listen, we're going to close. I really appreciate you. Go, but you get the last word. So there you go. um, I really hope everybody gets a chance to experience the show and. you know, show your support by donating at solariumcreative.works June 1st. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. 